Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Put a pin there, and then um, we'll go to some other verses. We're starting a new series entitled Transformation Starts Here. Transformation Starts Here. And so you hear, you've heard this said a lot. This is like the tagline of our church that we believe when we started this church that transformation starts here. And so for the next few weeks, I want to do a series, ladies and gentlemen, on talking about the culture of our church. There's new people who have who've came a part of us. You may not understand why we do what we do or our values and stuff like that. And so I want to make sure in order for us to build uh, a build a ministry to launch it further for the next seven or 10 or 20 years that you understand the why behind what we do. And so the goal about this is not just so centered around us collectively, but my prayer is, is that as you hear these things, these are principles that you can apply in your own personal life and values that you can carry so that you can be an agent of change in your sphere of influence. Amen. I want you to say this over yourself. Say, I am an influencer. I am an agent of change. I bring change to wherever I go. I want you to repeat that to yourself because some people feel as though I'm not an influencer. I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. If you have any type of influence over anybody, you do have influence. And so how do we carry this influence of transformation and what has been uh, uh, how Jesus has impacted our lives? How do we carry that through and how is that personified in our lives? Amen. Are we cool with that this for the next few weeks? It ain't going to be long, but I believe that it's going to be some things that are good that help us along. And I want to talk to us from the subject this morning entitled Jesus at the Center. Jesus at the Center. Before we go into the Word, there's just a couple of things that I want to just share for a second, and we're good. And so Jesus at the Center, one of our main values, the most important value of our church, what we found that we have this thing of what we call the agent of change code, the, the, the agent of change code. And there's like seven values. And this is the number one value. Jesus at the center. Ladies and gentlemen, is that everything we do should revolve, uh, revolve around, uh, uh, revolve and be centered on Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is why we are here. Uh, at least he should be <laughs> for some, you know what I mean? Because I got to be honest, we're talking about church culture and stuff like that. And by no means will I bash the church because we are all a part of the big C church. Amen. Uh, those who are born again and, and, and accepted Jesus Christ. But let's be honest. There are some places that Jesus are not is not really the center where we, we, we elevate man in a place where they should not be. And so here is the main value that is not about the man or the people that serve. It's one thing and one thing only that Jesus is the center of that house, that Jesus is the center of that house. And not only Jesus being the center of the house of God, but which he should be, you believe it or not, he should. But sometimes it's not. He's not because sometimes we make we've made church about ourselves at times. You know, we have all of these programs and these different things like that, and we can get in the routine of church, but not necessarily doing the ministry of church and leave Jesus out of it. 
This is the same thing in our own personal life. That's why I said this is all connecting to us personally. Because how else is the glory of God going to be seen in the midst of a people that have not made Jesus the center? So when you come in here, like, we can see great miracles happen right in front of our eyes. Signs, miracles, and wonders. But guess what? If you don't, we, we're not, we're not going to be able to see that if we're not all building our faith and foundation as Jesus as the center. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the cornerstone. This is what we call an, 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 an architectural uh, term that's used to define uh, a, something that is the rock that is steady. It's, it's steady. It's built upon it. It's found upon this steady uh, a thing, this, this rock. And so Jesus is, is steady. He is something that we build ourselves on. He is the chief cornerstone of the church. That's why he says, uh, he said, upon this rock not Peter but upon this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it why because he's the cornerstone so how come the church big C church have lasted no matter what culture has done and evolved the church has still lasted and has still had relevance is because he is the cornerstone how is it that you personally you personally, if you are building Jesus as the center and having all your decisions, having everything you do revolve around him, then you will see more stability in your life because you built it on someone who's stable. The reality is, is that when we're not Christ-centered, we're off-centered. I want you to write that down. When you are not Christ-centered, you are off-centered. You're, you're not in a place of stability. You're on rocky foundation when you do not have a Christ-centered life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, our goal and our prayer is that we would create an atmosphere and we value that Jesus being the center of it all. When you come into the worship, I, I, I want to give you an example. For example, our worship gatherings. When you come here, you don't have a lot of announcements. You don't have a lot of things in the middle. None of that stuff. It's worship. Uh, it's, you get the announcements at the top, and we going, we going for broke after it's done. <laughs> Means whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, that's what he's going to do. Why? Because it's not about a sermon. It's not about them singing the songs that they have prepared. If God wanted to change their songs in the midst of it, he can. And they would be open to it. Why? Because he is the center. In your personal life, if you're having a Christ-led life, ladies and gentlemen, that whatever he would say to do because you know and you trust what you've built your faith and your faith solid upon, that means that you've given him room to operate in your life the way that he wants so that he can get you to your expected end. So we have to understand that, listen, that when you have a Christ-centered life, you are constantly seeking him first for all things. So let's go to Matthew 6.33. This is the verse that we use to describe this value because it is it's very good. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about Jesus at the center of it all, when we're talking about that, that means that we're seeking first his kingdom, meaning that we are seeking first, ladies and gentlemen, something that's bigger than us, a, a, a passion, a purpose that is bigger than us. Ladies and gentlemen, when you gave your life to Christ, believe it or not, you became a part of something that's bigger than you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, when we make and, 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 and then when you uh, join a local church, you join something that's bigger than you and even the one that's the preacher, the pastor. One thing you have to understand about me is that I always say this is that I am no bigger than the part that I play. No one is bigger than the part they play. We all serve in this together. There is no little U's and no big U's or little I's. There's none of that because all of us serve a purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, the hand can't function without this, without an arm. You need the body. You need the head. The head can't do it. I can't move without the neck. Every body part needs each other. And you have to see this in the body of Christ, that ladies and gentlemen, that we all need each other. There's something that you have that I don't have. But what you do is necessary for the bigger picture. You get what I'm saying? And so we have to understand when we seek first the kingdom of God, when we're seeking first his kingdom, and even in our personal lives, when we're making our, our, our agenda to seek what is, what is the mind of God about what I'm doing right now? What is his purpose behind this? Because in the context of this scripture, Jesus is telling us not to worry. Why is he telling us not to worry? Because if you're living a Christ-centered life, you don't have to be anxious. When you're living a Christ-centered life, you don't have to be worried. Not to say that you're exempt from the natural things that you may feel inside. And guess what? There is things that there's a natural fear. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us have natural fears. The problem is, is when we allow those fears that make them become reality in our minds and stop us from pursuing the things of God because we have allowed that to to, to stagnate us or allow it to just uh, paralyze us and grip us because we don't know the outcome of it. But the reality is, is when you're Christ-centered, you know who he is and he's and your faith is built on him. And if he said a particular thing concerning your life, then that means that he's going to push me and pull me to my expected end. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to seek first his kingdom. But a lot of times we're seeking first the kingdom of this world before we seek first the kingdom of God. We're seeking the benefits of this world and not understanding that the benefits of this world are fleeting and that they are fading away. But the reality, ladies and gentlemen, is is when we seek first the kingdom of God and we make the kingdom of God our priority, ladies and gentlemen, then that means we are synchronizing ourselves with heaven. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, when you are Christ-centered, you're living at the highest form of your spirituality. The highest form of spirituality, ladies and gentlemen, is that you are in a place that you are centered in Christ so that you can receive all download from heaven. And so sometimes people are not, when you talk about someone is Christ-centered, are you seeking God first before you do anything that you're doing? Like, do you make it a priority to wake up in the morning and thank God and spend some time in devotion? Are you at least spending five minutes? You don't have to, you don't have to get to an hour yet, but are we cutting aside some devotion that if we're seeking first the kingdom of God, prayer should be something that is vital in my life. Spending devotional time with God should be vital in my life. There are certain things that are not non-negotiables that when I wake up before I go to social media I've been guilty of this that I need to first pray I need to first thank God I need to first spend that minute of time before I allow my device to take my attention away or if I open my phone let me go first to my bible app let me read the word let me get let me dive into it and if you don't know how to develop a devotional life that's what I'm here for to teach you 
so that you can start from somewhere. Sometimes people don't know where to start in the scripture. Well, let's start something simple. Let's get a devotion on Romans because Romans is going to help you understand the whole picture. The book of Romans will help you understand the beginning and it will help you understand what grace has done for us now. So we'll start there. So we got to work our way to these things. I'm with my, my, my God brother is here. I have to, I have, can I do this one second? He was saying to me one time, he said, you know, am I heathen because I don't pray for an hour? I said, no, you're not. <laughs> you, you're not. I said, you got to work your way up to that, Kenny. Like, it, it's hard for, it's, it's like this, ladies and gentlemen. I said this to a young lady before when she was, she was uh, coming for counseling and stuff. And I said, listen, you're trying to do stuff when you're a new babe in Christ, thinking that you're going to be able to walk after getting, after getting uh, 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 re, you know, reborn in Christ. It don't work like that. It works like this. It's like me expecting my son, once he get out of the womb, to know how to walk around and ask for what he needs. It don't work like that. When you first give your life to Christ, ladies and gentlemen, you are at page one. That means we got to learn how to walk in this thing. There's going to be times where people are going to stumble. Why? Because they haven't fully got their footing in yet. You have to work. You have to mature in this thing. You cannot expect somebody who just gave their life to Christ to be all the way up there with somebody who's seasoned. It don't work that way. Because when we are in a Christ-centered church, that means the judging from a place of, uh, of, of that's not seasoned from grace that's where that, that's, that, that's, that's where that comes in. Because when you're Christ-centered, you understand that people need time. You cannot expect for somebody to have it all together after, man, now that they're born again, they should know this and they should No, I don't know everything there is to know. They're working their way into understanding their faith. We call ourselves Transformation Christian Fellowship. Our vision at the church is to connect lives to the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. That is the vision, right? But if we call ourselves transformation, you don't transform overnight. It's a process. Shout out to Phoenix. This is actually her year anniversary, actually. I didn't forget. I didn't forget neither. When Phoenix first came here, I got to put her out there. When Phoenix first came here, Phoenix was like this, like, don't talk to me. Don't, don't, I don't know. I don't want to know your name. But after a while, we start breaking her down with that love. <laughs> after a while, now after a while, we start breaking down with that love. And then, let me tell you something. Phoenix is one of those ride or die members. But it takes what? Time. You got to love people as they're transforming. Because you don't want to be a hindrance or a stumbling block for them to become all that who they're supposed to be in Christ. Let's say we're seeking first the kingdom of God. If we're seeking first the kingdom of God, that means we, pri uh, we make him a priority. One thing here at our church is that he has to be the priority. There is no decision that we make here without having the bathing in prayer first before we present it in front of the board of direct, our board of elders, and before I bring it to you. There is nothing that I do here that is not bathed in prayer first. Why? Because I need the counsel of God. I'm not working for myself. I work for someone. His name is G-O-D. That's who my boss is. 
And some people think they are the boss, but you are under shepherd, under the boss. You get what I'm saying? It's just like this in your life. You're not the owner of your life. He is. Oh, no, he's not. Let me tell you something. People have this so twisted. Oh, I run my own life. I make my own. Yeah, you make your decisions, but your decisions is influenced by two two things. Either the kingdom of this world or kingdom of God, depending on if you are are born again. You are enslaved to something and someone, whether you believe it or not. I'm not enslaved. Yes, you are. The Bible says you are enslaved to sin. One way or another, you are enslaved. And guess what happened on the cross? When Jesus' blood purchased everything, guess what? And you made a decision to follow him. He purchased you by his own blood out of the kingdom of darkness, now into the marvelous life. But it matters who you enslaved to. I know we don't like using those terms, but it's the truth. It is the truth, ladies and gentlemen, as we seek first the kingdom of God, what we're trying to do is make him the center of everything that we do. And what does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? That means not only we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is what Jesus is trying to say. When you are seeking first the kingdom of God and you make him a priority and not only that and his righteousness, righteousness, ladies and gentlemen, does not mean something that's that's deep. All it means is knowing what to do that's right. So when I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, now I'm finding the right way to do things. Yeah. What are the right way that we, we, we deal with uh, of, 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 of correcting people? How do we deal with how we correct people when there's something that comes up within the church or something that goes on? We do that because we follow God's way of doing it the right way. We have to always make sure our words are seasoned in grace. Yeah. It's seasoned in love. When you're correcting somebody, even in your family, make sure that you are seasoning with, with some flavor yeah. and not some other flavors that you like to put on it. And you know what I'm talking about. Because for some of us, we know how to flavor and season certain things a certain way. You can cuss in all different languages. It, yeah. it's, it just comes out. It's just natural. <laughs> it's just natural. It just comes out. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? You know how to tort, you know how to you, you you know how to put them things together. You know how to put them words together. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Because you know how it is. Everybody in this room, there's no judgment zone here. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, like some people, but I'm just saying. It's true. Some people can, we know how to be harsh with them words, especially when somebody crosses us. Some of y'all are the nicest people in here until somebody cross you. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you looking like that? <laughs> you look like, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah, somebody looking. Put in the chat section and say, try Jesus. Just not me. Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, so making him a priority, one of the things that we have to understand here as a church culture, that he's, number one, it's a priority in doing things the right way. And not only that, when you prioritize him, ladies and gentlemen, this is what you allow to happen. This is what you allow to happen. You allow the life-giving spirit of Christ to be the epicenter of all things that are coming out of the place. 
Ladies and gentlemen, and not only that, when you when you really become Christ-centered, that means the life of Christ, the spirit of Christ is at work. So anything that comes around you, you are flowing life to because of what you're centered on. Yeah. Is that making sense? So here's what I'm trying to get to get across to us today, that when you see a real Christ centered church, you can feel it's the epicenter. It is the life giving power and, 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 and spirit of God that you could feel flowing from it. And the way you know that is by the love that is in the room. You don't have to force no love. You don't have to. It, it, I've gone to certain places and it just feels like we're, <laughs> this ain't genuine. <laughs> this is what we know to do for it to get a certain numbers. But when it's genuine, you don't have to force nothing. No. I don't have to force to be who I am. This is who I am all the time. You know, I don't have to pretend to be like I'm nice. I, I'm a nice guy. I'm not doing that because, oh, I want you to come to my church. No, that's I'm doing it because I'm a Christian. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing this because I'm a believer. That's what I should be doing, not because I have to. You get what I'm saying? If we don't, it's like the one thing that I hope that you get out of this is that you, what you see is what you get. You know what I'm saying? Like what you see is what you get. The truth of the matter is we don't got to fool. We don't have to be phony with how we are. This is what we are. We love people. That's what we do. Don't got to force that. I don't got to make you feel like, hey, how you doing today, buddy? Da, 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 da. I don't have to do all that. I'm just going to be myself. You get what I'm saying? Because it, we're, not, we're not practicing to get a certain look or a certain type. No, that's not it. Whoever you are, you come up in here, my belief is you're going to get changed. I don't care who you came in here last. You come up in here, you're about to get transformed. That's my mindset all the time. There is nothing that Jesus cannot reach. There is nothing that he cannot reach. No person, no one, it doesn't matter. If their hearts become open, all I know is you preach the word to somebody and you preach it long enough and they keep coming, they're going to respond one way or another. Because that's what I believe. That's, That's transformation. Transformation is allowing Jesus to be the epicenter that the life-giving power of God is flowing through you. And guess what? In your house, that could be the same thing that you can feel that the the life-giving power of God is flowing in the house. Not just in the house of God, but in your house. There are some people, houses you go to, I don't know about you, but I know I've stepped in like, hmm. This vibe is weird up in here. (laughs) Has anybody been there like... I'm not about to stay here too long. <laughs> I'm about to get on a fire. <laughs> they was like, oh, you don't want nothing to eat? I ate before I came. Amen. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Like, oh, I ate before I came. It's okay, sweetie. <laughs> Bless your heart. Amen. But I'm serious. Because sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, when you're having a Christ-centered place, there's just certain things that are not going to stand in your house. When you're centered on Christ, I'm not going to allow that because when you allow that to be, when you have a domain, ladies and gentlemen, that is your sanctuary. And where when you and, and your house is your sanctuary, and when you're Christ-centered, you bring Christ into the sanctuary of your home, Amen. where peace should reside. Where joy should reside, where love should reside. You get what I'm saying? And if that's not being exuberant, is that not being shown in my house? Or it's not being, I'm not experiencing that, 
well, there's something got to happen. Either I got the wrong people up in here and I need to say adios amigo or we just need to start changing that thing and start praying in here. Getting this place so it can be the sanctuary of God. Not only is the, the not as distance the sanctuary, your house is a sanctuary. Not only your house, but you point to yourself, say, I am a sanctuary. You are the, you are the temple of the Lord. So if you're the temple of the Lord, then that means the life-giving spirit should, of God should be flowing out of you. The way you know, the way that you know that Christ is the center of because your conversations are not the same as others at your work. How I respond to certain things, and I'll get into this later, how I handle my business is not the same how somebody else is going to handle theirs. Because I know who I belong to. And not only do I represent, do I want to represent myself well, but I represent the kingdom. That's all about keeping the, first the kingdom of God. It's when you understand that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as I become to bring this to a close, my prayer is, is that we become a people and that our church continues to, to, to embody the fact that Christ is the center of it all. And when Christ is the center of it all, we're not making it about individuals. We're making it about Jesus and Jesus alone. When we make decisions, how is Jesus going to be seen in this? How is God going to get glory out of what we're doing in this? Is this the lens that Christ has had us to do or do we need to do something else? Those are the things of keeping first the kingdom of God. It's not about you. When you're Christ-centered, you realize it's not about you. It's about him. And when you know it's about him, then you understand that he has great intentions for this church and he has great intentions for you. But it's up to you to realize that and, and get out of the way. Don't be so self-centered where you lose Christ. Don't be all about self where you don't realize that, that guess what? If I just become Christ-centered, the things that I'm missing from, I can actually receive. Some people are so restless and they don't have peace. It's because they're not centered on him. Dealing with different things, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm not centered. Getting my hands in all these different things and, and, and I'm so busy, busy, busy. Some people are so busy that they're not productive because they're just so busy. Busyness does not mean productivity. When you're Christ-centered, you are able to be wise with how you use your time. Understanding my life is as a vapor and there's certain things I don't need to give my time to. I have to maximize the time that I have been given. And so if anybody or anything that is not measuring up with the time that I've been allotted, based upon the wisdom that I've received from God, I have to drop it and go to something else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That goes for business uh, relationships, friendships, intimate relationships. All of those things has to be ran and centered on Christ because if it's not, you do not have a sure foundation. Ladies and gentlemen, we're building ourselves on the rock. And as we continue to build, ladies and gentlemen, you understand because it's not about me, let me bring you to another Christ-centered place that I've been going to. You get what I'm saying? You want to introduce people to what you are being introduced to when you understand that. Amen. Stand to your feet. So Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, is the center and we want to continue. We want to continue to build off of that because we want to believe we want to be a place 
where transformation can happen and really tra and, and it can really happen in a person's life. If I could tell you some of the stories of people in our year in our seven years of how people have been impacted, it would blow your mind some of the things that people have came out of. I'm talking about some people have came out of, uh, of, of, of certain things. Uh, uh, sexual perversion, identity, all of those types of things. You would not know the half of it. But guess what? Suicidal thoughts, all of those things. But this ministry saved them right where they are because they were in a safe environment so it could happen. If this is not a safe environment, then that means we're not Christ-centered. We're so focused on the wrong things instead of the right things. So many people are so focused on what somebody's wearing, focused on what that, that don't apply here. Because one thing we focused on is where is that heart? Is, it, is that heart submitted to Christ? And if not, we have to preach the word until their heart conform. Ladies and gentlemen, we were having a conversation about weed like a couple months ago after church. <laughs> Seriously. We were having a conversation about that because people want to know where I stand on that stuff. If it's not medical, then you know I don't, I don't I don't I don't append to that. I, I we don't we don't we don't we don't not for medical use then I, I think because you open your spirit up to many more things. See it's not enough to tell people don't do you have to understand the why. What the generation wants is why why they need the why and you can't be afraid to have these conversations. That's what's gonna bring people to Christ. You gotta talk. And some people you talk and you talk from a place of not even being informed. And you sound uneducated and you talk out of a place of judgment instead of understanding the whole picture. That's not Christ-centered. When Jesus dealt with any person that was far away, he dealt with the whole person, the whole person. Not just what people saw. Oh, they're a tax collector. Oh, she's a hoe. She's this. All of this stuff. Jesus drew himself in the, drew some stuff in the sand, rolled in the sand. He who without sin cast the first stone. I'll wait. And this is not saying that Jesus, let me get this real quick. Let me get, make this real clear. Jesus did not, did not ever condone the acts of anyone. He just saw past that. Just like he saw past you. Oh, you bigger than the sin that you made. And he will always tell somebody, sin no more. Why? Because after you're transformed, the more you grow in Christ, the more you start sinning less. Not meaning that you'll ever be perfect. Because your full perfection will not come until the day of Christ. But I'm being perfected and being sanctified because I'm building my life on Christ. And if you make that your goal and you make that your aim, that's all I want to see. Pastor B, all I want to see from the people at TCF, and I see a lot of y'all online, y'all went to Bedside Baptist, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're still here. <laughs> but what I want to see out of you as the pastor of this church and what I care about anybody, I just want to see you moving and progressing in the things of God. I don't want to see you stuck. If I couldn't, if I've sold you more things, multiple, I'll be long suffering with you to a point. Because after that, you're in the hands of God. I'm, I'm not him. 
that's just being on that's beyond me you got some rebellion issues you need to work out with him but I want to see you move in the things of God I don't want to see it okay all right well how are we gonna get back up and keep it moving don't matter about you falling down are you gonna stay down or do you want to get up that's what it's about it's about moving forward with Christ amen so Lord God we thank you for this word God seal it in our hearts today God, we're just praying right now that we build our life on you, that is being constantly built on you. In Jesus' name, God, let this church continue to grow and be centered on you so that we can see the miraculous things, oh God, that if we all get on the same page, God, this man, there is telling what we can see and do in this region, oh God, and not only this region, but across this world. And so God, we thank you for what you are doing in this people, oh God. Now seal this word. In Jesus' name, in our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Lord God, if there's no, if somebody's not saved today, I give you Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to build your life on the one that died for your sins. To build your life on the rock today. And so you don't have to jump through hoops. You don't got to do anything. You just got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. But it has to be a genuine conviction between you and God that you're giving, you're making him the Lord over your life today. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, those of you who are watching online and those of you who are in person, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. And Lord, today, I want to make you the Lord over my life. I know you died on the cross, that you were buried, and that you rose again, and that you ascended to the Father just for me. And I want to make you the Lord over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that very prayer for the very first time, whether you're watching in line or you're in person, you are saved. It will tell you the next steps of your salvation today. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise right there. It's offering time today. Hallelujah. Oh, oh no, no. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus be